2: Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast, proudly presented by NBC Sports Edge. My name is DJ Short, and with me here once again is Drew Silva. This is a taped version of the show. We're actually taping Thursday night, October 14th, just before the start of game five of the NLDS between the Dodgers and the Giants. It's going to be a good one. We're not going to touch that game since by the time this comes out Friday morning, you guys will know the results. But what we are going to do with this episode is break down the first two rounds of our recent NBC Sports Edge slow mock draft for 2022. It's actually still going on right now. I think we're four rounds in, right? Almost four rounds in. Something yeah. like that. Um, so we'll go over the first two rounds. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the third round, fourth round. We'll see how much time we have. But we also have some last minute Cardinals news to break down. So we'll do that. But well, we have a special guest with us this week, and that's our our very own Hall of Famer, Matthew Poliott. Uh, I was saying to Drew, this might be our biggest get of the podcast so far. We're super happy to have you on, so welcome.
3: I thought you just ran out of other people to ask. I I was, <laughs> you know, I was last in line. I'm I
2: mean, just trying to be nice, so. There's <laughs> right
3: DJ,
4: there. I think the first DM I saw, I don't know if this was in you're like, Oh, I, this is the biggest get yet. And that was the first message I saw. And I was like, Oh, can you get like someone really famous. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's Matthew. <laughs> no, but Mat- Matthew's the, the Godfather of, of Roto world now NBC sports edge. And it's good to finally get him on the show. I, I guess we've done like some, what back in March, we did like a live draft thing that we turned into audio. So he's been on the, on the podcast before, uh, but, but never as a special featured guest on our Thursday night show.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll go down the we'll go through the mock draft and all that stuff. I want to give Drew a little bit of time to to vent on the Cardinals situation. I have no idea your feelings on this, but f- before we get to all that, uh, just a word to our listeners. The NFL season is in full swing and the NBC Sports Predictor app has you covered. With Sunday Night 7, predict what will happen on Sunday Night Football for a chance to win up to $100,000 every week. It's free and easy to play. Download today from your app store or visit nbcsports.com predictor.
0: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way.
2: so I think there's a football game going on right now, right? Mm-hmm. Eagle, Eagles and uh, Buccaneers, Bucks. Yeah.
3: Huh.
2: Well, that's nice. Uh, All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, right at the top here, we'll, we'll get, we'll talk Cardinals real quick. We'll get into this draft. Um, Mike Schilt fired today. Um, very shocking to say the least. Still has one year left on his contract, and a team that made the playoffs un- unexpectedly. Uh, 17 game winning streak i guess they should have won 18 straight uh, maybe he'd still have his job I don't know what what's going on with that they did say philosophical differences um what are, what are your feelings on the on the situation i know it's only been a couple hours since it came out but
4: really shocking um yeah t- two 252 and 199 regular season record since he took over for Mike Matheny in the summer of 2018 three straight postseason appearances they climbed their way in this year with 17 straight wins. Like you mentioned in September, that's a franchise record winning streak. I don't know. Moselock was very tight lipped and cagey during his zoom press conference uh, announcing the news. Like uh, we we have determined that we have a philosophical difference in the direction that our major league club is going. And then uh, I think it was Jeff Passon who actually pressed him on it. Um, Like, can you get into those philosophical differences and, his next quote was I'm here to protect employees. I'm here to protect him. If he wants to discuss the philosophical differences with you, that's his choice. It makes me think something happened. Um, And Moselec during that press conference mentioned that this, it had, it had bubbled up recently. And I know they had organizational meetings over the last week. I, I think like over the weekend and then through Monday or Tuesday, perhaps. And so maybe, um, I don't know. I had observed early on in the season that Schilt during his post-game press conferences when his bullpen was not very good um, and his he had a rotation that wouldn't give him a lot of length. And so he had to kind of pitch the same guys over and over. A lot of Alex Reyes in the first half, a ton of Giovanni Gallegos. Um, and I and Schilt would not so subtly be like, hey, this is what we got. Like, this is what I have to work with. I don't have the bullpen arms. I don't have the, the starters that I need. Um, and he kind of kept doing that over and over. And I I wonder if that rubbed Mo the wrong way. And maybe when they got together for these organizational organizational meetings over the last week um, and they were reviewing the season, maybe Mosella criticizes the the pitching staff and she'll perhaps snapped Adam like, Hey, this is all I had to work with. Um, I could see maybe there being a dust up of some sort in that way. Maybe Jeff Albert, um, is, is the hitting coach of the Cardinals, and he brings – I don't know. They talk about his hitting philosophy, even though he, he came from the Astros and there's some shadiness to his background in that regard. But maybe Schilt wanted Jeff Albert out, and Mo really believes in Albert. I don't know. Mm. This was all speculation. May, maybe Schilt wanted a contract extension. He would have been a, a lame duck manager going into mm. next year. That's not really a unique thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and and maybe Moseylock, you know, said we're not going to give you one. And I, I think there was some kind of argument because it doesn't make a lot of sense. This is not how the Cardinals operate. Um, and Shield has been in the organization since the '90s. Like made his yeah. way up through the minor leagues. Um, has worked closely with Moseylock in that capacity, and, and you know, before he became the, the official manager. And they they've had four managers since 1990: Joe Torrey, yeah. Tony LaRussa. Matheny, Shield Schilt has the best winning percentage of all of them, and yeah, you can't really look at winning percentage when it comes to a manager, but the Cardinals became one of the best defensive teams in baseball under his watch. Um, they got through a lot of bad injuries. They got through a, a really weak starting rotation this year, especially when Jack Flaherty only, only gives you a certain amount of starts. So I, I really like the job that Mike Schilt did. I know every like fan base hates their manager because it's easy to just blame the manager and hate the you, manager, hate
2: the closer. That's pretty much. Yeah.
4: It. And when it comes to in-game decisions, I you can, you can criticize anything, but um, com- compared to Matheny when it comes to in-game decisions um, and shifting and deploying of, of relievers in the correct spots. I thought Schilt was a huge upgrade over Matheny who got nearly seven or eight, seven seasons. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I don't, I, and I thought it was interesting in the, the press release that they sent to the media. And for some reason, they send them to me too. If you compare the Schilt press release to the Matheny press release, mm. it's a difference of about a thousand words. Like the <laughs> one is very short, it's got one quote from Mosellac, it's got no quotes from the chairman Bill DeWitt. Um, so I, I think. I think when, when Mosele comes out and says, I'm trying to protect him, it makes me think something went awry, and I don't want to say like nefarious, but that's what first popped into my head when I saw the news, like he got caught doing something or I don't know th- there was some kind of fisticuffs that took place in the front office at some point.
3: You know what um, the giveaway there is? Yeah. It happened today. Yeah. During the N- 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 yes, yeah. they had to ask permission to announce the firing today. I mean, if they knew yesterday that they were going to fire him, they would have done it yesterday.
4: Yep. I think a,
3: Drew's right. Something happened.
4: Yeah. And I and I would like to hear Schilt's side of the story, but I'm assuming he wants to get a job this winter in baseball. And so yeah. maybe they keep it all under wraps. Um, hmm. I would guess that a guy like Jeff Passan, who, you know, <laughs> likes to write about the Cardinals um, in, a, in a certain tenor. Uh, is is going to dig into this and get some get, try to get some inside sources as to what happened. I've gotten a lot of text messages from people who know people who know people, you know. Which I'm not going to like regurgitate what they're saying, but um, you know, there's there are rumors flying around. A lot of it has to do with he didn't get along with Jeff Albert, um, and they've decided to, to commit to Albert and not commit to shield That would be the least mm-hmm. nefarious thing. I, I think there was an argument with Mosaic. That's that's my speculation.
2: Interesting. So Schilt basically has been, like you said, the Cardinals for like 20, 30 years. It's like a really long time. Um, But I assume, you know, assuming there's nothing like bad that happened here, like really bad, you know, whatever it might be, that he'll be a candidate for the Padres, maybe the Mets. You'd have to think so, right? They would be silly not to at least have a conversation with him if that's the case.
4: Yeah. He's got a a heck of a resume. It's short, but it's, it's impressive what he's done at the major league level and the players all seem to like him. I found it interesting that they fired him over the phone too this, this morning. Um, or maybe it was last night. I think Passon said that he heard about it last night. So maybe they did it last night, but, and you know, in, in this era of COVID like maybe Schilt was already back in North Carolina where he lives in the off season. Um, and, and that was the only way to do it, but that seems, I'm getting all the tells that there's something, there's something more here that, that Mose-Lock's not going to discuss. Um, I would like to hear Schilt discuss it, but again, if, if he does discuss it, does it jeopardize his opportunity to, to get one of the openings that that is going to be out there?
2: Right. Right. So where do the Cardinals go from here for a manager, you think?
4: Um, stubby Clapp has been mentioned a lot, uh, played for the Cardinals for a short period, managed in their farm system for a long time. He's their first space coach this year. And maybe last year too. I could see that skip Schumacher. I I know, uh, Kevin AC of the San Diego union tribune tweeted just before we hopped on that he's hearing from Padres players that they expect Schumacher to at least interview for the job, obviously has a tie in with the Cardinals, Ali Marmol. He was what their bench coach over the past several seasons. And he's really well liked. Um, He's been named as like a fringe candidate for some, from, for some other jobs around the league. Uh, It sounds like it's going to be an internal candidate. I I saw on Facebook um, that Joe Madden was spotted at the St. Louis airport this afternoon. I don't know. Um, There is a picture of him at the St. Louis airport. There's a, Ted Drews uh, which is like an ice cream place here uh, vending machine behind him so he was there um, and apparently flew in from San Diego maybe he just lives in San Diego in, in the offseason or you know that's the closest airport to Anaheim or something like that
3: hmm.
4: um, but I don't that's that's interesting I don't I don't think they're gonna I, I mean like Madden is still technically the angels manager right yeah yeah so I, I don't I don't know how he maybe he's just Grabbing a bite to eat, he actually has family in the area. I know that, so there's nothing to read into there. I think it's going to be someone internal, but that's kind of weird because Schilt was like the ultimate internal guy. Absolutely, Um, he's been with you know the Cardinals his entire basically adult coaching career since he stopped playing uh, college baseball.
2: He was he started as like a scout with the Cardinals, right? Yeah, pretty sure.
4: So that was like
2: his entire like coaching. Background started with the Cardinals. Like, it, that's all there's been, as far as I yep. know.
4: Yep. So, he, yeah. yeah, he's like worked every job in the organization. And, yeah, um, he was one of Mosalak's guys. So I, I'm, I'm really confused by all of it. Been in the organization longer than Jeff Albert, that's for sure. Right. I don't know.
3: I was yeah. disappointed. Like, you go Schumacher, clap. You got to throw in like Joe in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might know, be. Daniel Costoso, is he retired yet? I mean, <laughs> Bo, Adrian, Hart.
4: <laughs> Aaron, Bo Hart Aaron yeah. Miles uh,
3: every utility infielder uh, uh,
2: we didn't say Eckstein yet but i mean who knows uh
4: maybe <laughs> i think that i think they're going to go cheap with it maybe that's maybe that's uh the new market inefficiency is just getting the cheapest manager possible because they don't really matter that much like i, I remember when tony the russa uh resigned in 2000, after the 2011 World Series, he was up to about $5 million a year. And when they hired Matheny, the report was he was making 750000 so, I So, mean, hey, that buys you a pretty good middle reliever, that savings. Yeah,
3: have, have you been on Twitter, Drew? Yeah. I mean, as far as I can tell, managers mean everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's only the managers. Well, I'm what's funny is like
2: the Mets and the Padres you know, both collapsed in the second half. And all I'm hearing is that those teams each need an experienced manager. And when when you see the list of, you know, potential candidates, a lot it's a lot of like retread kind of guys that you're not going to get overly excited about. But fan bases seem to believe like you need this like take charge individual who's been through the wars type of thing. So there is like some pushback to that, you know, streamlined front yeah. office choice.
4: But I don't know. That- yeah. Then you, you have an experienced manager and then the fan base wants someone new, you know, someone yeah. who, who doesn't have experience, like a, a guy that's played the game at a high level, yeah. Matt, Matt holiday, someone, a, a prominent report. It was a passing that report, or didn't report, but speculated that Matt holiday would be a good fit. And hmm. he's kind of an assistant coach for his brother at Oklahoma state, but I, I can't imagine Matt holiday would care to travel with, he's got like a bunch of young kids and, you know, I, I don't think he would want to want to do it, to be honest.
2: While we're on the topic of the Cardinals, Adam Wainwright has been so much fun in the booth.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, man, he's just a natural, might be a better broadcaster than a pitcher, which is like high praise, I think. He's he's just ready to go. Whenever he's whenever he's officially done, he'll be right in the broadcast booth somewhere. I, I've really enjoyed listening to him, so.
4: Yeah, um, he's yeah. great. And I, I was actually kind of thinking maybe he wouldn't come back for the final year because I would guess that Fox or Turner is already like, Hey, you know, whenever yeah. you're done, we got a spot for you and that it, it pays well. And you don't have to travel too much.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to talk, talk too much smack on people, but like you notice the difference between like Wainwright and, and Smoltz, like there's so much like enthusiasm for the game that Wainwright has. And sometimes Smoltz, it sounds more like he's, he's like, J- jaded or like cynical i don't know but yeah just the enthusiasm that wainwright brings to the booth is like
4: the complaining about managers on twitter though I, i'd put the the complaining about broadcasters up there like it's it gets a bit much man like that that job is hard like i i yeah, know you, you shouldn't say you know uh disparaging I, I don't know how to term it whatever uh jim cott said the other night but like yeah. yeah, I enjoy Buck Showalter and Jim Cott, even though they're kind of cranky old guys. It's to me, it's interesting to listen to them, and I, it's it's just a more difficult job than people make it out to be. Like if you've ever tried to, if you ever try to do a podcast, you know it's it's not really that easy. And also, like I don't really pay that close attention to the broadcasters. Like I, you know, I, I, for some reason, I'm able to like tune them out. Or or if there's a big call or they're breaking something down, maybe I'll tune in. But I don't know. Right. I, I get annoyed by that on Twitter when like every other tweet is about.
2: Well, when everyone's watching the same game, yeah, it's going to be picked picked apart and magnified. That's kind of just the deal.
3: But I love the um, waiver thing. That's what I would want to do if I could like had control. I just bring in the recently retired player, you know, have them tell stories about guys he played against. You're watching, and then you know, shuffle them out for a couple of years, finding somebody new. Just keep on bringing in the recently retired players to have nice stories to tell about the players we're watching.
4: Yeah, that'd right. be fun. I I wonder if yeah. the, the Manning brothers b- broadcast on Monday Night Football. I don't know if you guys have watched that at all. But yeah, I have. It's, it's kind of loose and fun with former players who are, you know, well-spoken and funny and have good personalities. Maybe broadcasting will shift a little more in that direction where it's a little bit personality-driven. It's not necessarily all about the game. And then they'll have an option like the, the Nerdcast, which I think we all enjoy from um, yeah, sure. Sunday Night Baseball. I, I think maybe they'll move in a direction where there's multiple broadcasts for you know, whatever you, whatever yeah. your boat.
2: Yeah, MLB Network has done something like that where they have like four chairs, like Sabathia is in one chair, mm-hmm. Pedro Martinez, and like those have been pretty cool. I've only caught like one or two of them so far for for a few minutes here and there. So it does seem like more and more networks are are trying that angle out. Um, I know some people hate when like Sunday Night Baseball turns into a talk show or like whatever national ESPN game turns into a talk show, but I don't know people got to try stuff to catch the casual fan. So I kind of understand it. And if you you want to be the nerd, hardcore baseball fan, like you can watch your home broadcast or whatever. So uh, I do get that. But let's hop into this mock draft. And and just to explain it, so uh, 12 teams, 23 rounds. I don't have the full position breakdown, but we're doing corner infielder, middle infielder, utility five outfielder, two catcher. And I think there's nine pitcher spots.
3: Yeah, 14 hitters, nine pitchers.
2: Yeah. Um, Otani is both a hitter and a pitcher in this. So two separate Otanis uh, in this draft. So just so you guys know, this is a standard five by five. So, uh, and it's non-OBP. So uh, George Montanez got the first pick in this draft and this was a, a random order selection and uh, he chose uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. number one, which, yeah, I understand that. It's hard to debate that. I think upside wise, he probably has the most upside of, of anyone also has the shortstop outfield eligibility, which is kind of sneaky and cool.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, But I, I wonder how you feel about this, Matthew, because I know how much you love Trey Turner. And I think if there's any year to take Trey Turner, number one, which was like maybe debatable in previous years, but next year I'm all on board taking Turner number one. I wonder what you think.
3: I have to tease number one right now. I haven't obviously I've not started my projections. Nothing I say tonight is at all definitive. In my opinion, <laughs> next year. So I'm just kind of going on basically what I, I do a fun midseason ranking every year to do the way too early next year rankings. So I had to tease number one then. And I just think it's obvious. I think he has the most upside for sure. He's definitely riskier than Turner and Soto and Guerrero, but uh, I haven't gone in a deep dive on Turner yet. I don't think he can hit for three thirty every year, but
4: he's I'll definitely close. <laughs> top three. Yeah,
2: yeah. He has a three seventeen average over his last three hundred twenty nine games, dating back to the start of twenty nineteen. Also oh, has shoot. a na- yeah nine hundred OPS in rest- that time too.
3: Dodger Stadium is a tougher place to hit for average than the National yeah. Park was, but better power so
2: that's true I mean, he's probably right. a better lineup a yeah. deeper lineup too so
4: did we hear more about uh tatis possibly having that shoulder surgery i remember there was a report in like early september that he was leaning toward not having it but was going to have to discuss it with the team and his family after the season i guess there hasn't been any more word on yeah, that but
2: no
3: I don't
4: think it be just wanna... doing that very soon.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it would have behooved him to do it right away as, yeah. soon as the season ended if he was going to do it. So as
3: soon as the are eliminated, really. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So if he hasn't done it yet, he probably won't. Just one of those things. It's it's a matter of time before he'll need it, but I guess maybe an off season of rest could help. But I feel like that's something that's just going to continue to pop out, right? But he's almost been like uh Wolverine healing <laughs> like every time he went down he, like, was, like, oh, fine. Yeah. he was like he's fine in a week and like would hit a home run like every the first game he's back every time so
4: yeah I'm, that that's certainly the most fantasy upside on the board yeah. I I'm I'm with you DJ and maybe I'll change my mind but Trey Turner is super attractive to me if he's gonna be hitting where he is in that Dodgers lineup and you know Possibly any any spot between one through three. We'll, we'll see what they do when Corey Seager probably leaves as a free agent. Yeah. Um, and what Maybe. they do what, what they do with trades and pickups in, in the offseason too. But he's gonna have a prominent lineup spot in that lineup. And Dodger Stadium's a little more difficult to to hit for, for average and power than where he's been, but you know, sometimes not. Yeah. It's,
3: the second base eligibility really helps. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. i shortstop right now. Yeah,
2: second base is terrible, man. It, it's just not good. Um, and the other thing, you know, Drew and I talk about this when we're doing our position rankings every year. When you're picking in the first round, first, second round, like, I feel like you're looking for, like, floor and safety. You're not necessarily looking to draft the player who you think is going to be the number one ranked fantasy player. But, you know, Turner, you know he's going to run. He's going to be at the top of the Dodgers lineup. There's, I feel like there's a lot more safety there um, than with Tatis, who clearly is, you know, most talented player in baseball, maybe Juan Soto maybe has an argument, but uh, fantasy-wise, certainly. Um, but Turner just feels safer to me across the board. Sorry, I might I'm change my mind, but... About
3: how injury prone Turner was.
2: In no, no, I know gone, what you no, mean. It. I feel like a lot of his injuries have been like freak injuries I agree, though. Yes. That never while
3: me off. Tatis
2: could be more like chronic. So yes, that's where I would, I would differ as far as that. But, um, so, uh, Vlad Guerrero jr. Number two to Seth Trapman, you know, it's hard to debate that. Um, I think if there's a clear one through four, you know, we have Tatis, Vlad jr. Um, Colin Henderson, one of our Circling the Bases hosts, took Juan Soto number three. three. What's that?
3: I don't think Colin Henderson's in the top three.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And we have Trey Turner number four. So Turner went all the way down to four, uh, which is interesting.
4: Colin has top top three hair on his staff.
2: Yeah, that's a good good point.
4: Sorry to keep derailing you, DJ. (laughs)
2: but Soto like I I feel like there's only so high you can pick Soto just because you know he'll steal his fair share of bases but he's not going to steal 20 and when you're looking at the top of the board here even with Guerrero it's like yeah he's a he's a four category guy like that's what he is so he has to do really well in those areas to justify where he is for me I still tend to try to get something in all categories in, in the first round if I can for a hitter um, so yeah, I think, I think Vlad and Soto ahead of Turner, probably not the way I'd go, but also like you're splitting hairs at the top of
3: the board, I think. Based on the way he ran this year, I don't know if so, Soto be running at all, really. Yeah. No upside there. Well, I mean, he uh, said
4: like at, uh, at the start of the year that right. he, or in spring, he wanted to steal 20 bags. Um, but yeah, you don't need to do that, Juan. Just A lot of Soto,
3: whether he goes, a lot of whether Soto goes that high, I think depends on, who they get to bat around them this, next year
2: oh that's that's a good point point. and i said that in the team roundup that i had for the nationals too it's like these little things all add up when you're talking about the top of the board and certainly you don't have to worry about that with uh tatis which actually the padres lineup in the second half was terrible that that is something that you should think about too But Blue Jays, you don't have to worry about that. Dodgers, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah,
4: in a non-OBP league, you you got to think about that with Soto. Like, how many walks did he draw after the trade deadline?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true. And he didn't get any more aggressive. Like, I think he chased less frequently after the trade deadline. Like, it didn't change his approach at all. He wasn't trying to do too much. Josh Bell had a really strong finish to the season, but otherwise, man, there's just really nothing in that lineup, and. I don't know if I'm the Nationals. Yeah, you know, you want promising prospects and you want to sell them on the future and stuff like that too. But, you know, he's trying to build a legacy there. You know, I think he might win the MVP this year, but, you know, having some help around him will will certainly help in the future too. And if you want to convince him to stay for the next 10, 15 years, like you got to build around him. I think you got to do it soon.
4: Yeah. What is what is their payroll like? They're getting a ton off the books. I mean, with with Scherzer I mean, and Turner, it's it, they it's still st- are
2: paying, you know, Strasburg and Corbin.
4: Yeah, sixty million right there. It falls from one seventy eight this year to one twenty. Well, only one one hundred twenty one million. Only one hundred twenty one million committed for next year. That's a lot, actually. For Plus
3: when Soto gets an arbitration, which he's going to probably set a record.
4: Yep. Yep. So they might. I mean, they're the the Nets are not afraid to spend cash, but they're not really in a good place to do it, and they don't really have a farm system. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be kind of worried about Soto staying there long term unless they're going to give him an extension. But I think Scott Boras has kind of said like we're going to free agency. Yeah, uh, unless they give him five hundred million, then he would probably sign. That's
2: it. the only way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But even like you know, some of the younger position players that the Nationals have tried to surround themselves. Or surround Soto with in recent years, you know, haven't worked out. Yeah. Victor Robles, Carter Kibum, like they gave Kibum another chance in the second half this year. And he got off to a, like, a hot start initially, but he was really, really bad uh, down the stretch and isn't a good defender either. So,
4: you know, they got El uh, Cid's Escobar back, though. So,
2: you can <laughs> talk <about that>. yes. <laughs> uh, and they have L- Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas.
4: got yeah. some
3: stop him. gaps, I'm sure. Like, you know, yeah. Bringing a Jock Peterson, you know bring in the right fielder.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's
3: uh, our fielder. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah I, I would say something to consider, uh, especially doing this draft. Like I, I don't want to spoil it, but I took Trevor story in the third round and I'm thinking about like where he's going to land. Um, and I think yeah. that's this off season, like land with a team that is actually going to spend this winter. And I could see some bottom half clubs still crying poor related to the pandemic. And, you know, maybe they're right to do that in, in some ways and but we'll see what the new cba like if we do get one this winter we'll see what that does to club finances and free agents and whatnot ton- there's like a ton of mystery there and you know that i'm glad that we don't have to focus on just yet it's it seems like yeah. you know most of the leaks when it comes to the impending cba talks um it seems like most of those have come from the owner's side not the player's side and it Major League Baseball and Commissioner Rob Manfred and, and the owners would would prefer to just focus on playoff baseball right now, but that's looming for for guys who are free agents and and either way either way it goes, I think a lot of the top free agents are going to be signing with big money, already poised to contend teams. I don't think we're going to see a, a, I don't know, a team like you know bo- a bottom half market, bottom half payroll type team take the plunge on a guy like. Story or Scherzer or you know th- there's a huge free agent shortstop class and it, it might be a buyer's market if you need a shortstop but yeah. other than that we'll kind of we'll kind of see how the, the CBA thing goes down
2: yeah I think the Tigers are gonna sign someone I yeah. will get into our our her off-season preview in a couple of weeks but you know if there's any team that I could see spending some money and surprising some people I think it's going to be the Tigers and yep. I I see like Correa going to the Tigers I don't know why but I feel like that's the one where I'm like that's a real possibility, um, but getting back to the draft here, we had Matt Williams taking Jose Ramirez number five, and Drew, you took Mike Trout number six. I was really curious to see where Trout would go because even in some early mocks I've looked at, Trout actually fell late first round, early second round. I feel like you know, doubting Mike Trout is is like always a bad idea, but certainly it's it's not like a slam dunk slam dunk anymore that he should be, you know, in that that top first round area
4: yeah i mean the, the worst calf strain in world history yeah and at least modern medical history um there was a, a funny roto pat tweet about it i can't remember the exact words but
2: a funny roto pat tweet
4: what yeah i know he, <laughs> if, if you throw a lot of crap at the wall some crap will stick you know <laughs> It's a qu- quantity over quality operation over there at, at Roto There's a the lot place. of like
2: history references in in Pat's <laughs> yeah. tweets, it's yeah. almost like Dennis Miller. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't it. mean
2: to compare him, Dennis Miller. Sorry
4: about but that. I, 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 as soon as we get off here, I'm telling him you. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, like, what happened between late May and the first week of October? Like the when Trout went down at the end of the regular season, the St. Louis Blues. All these banners behind me were, were bounced from the first round of the 2020-2021 NHL playoffs before Trout got injured, and the 2021-2022 no. NHL season just got underway on, on Tuesday night. Go Kraken. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> maybe at some point in September, the Angels just decided it wasn't worth bringing Trout back, or maybe there were some more serious setbacks or other elements to the story that could come out later. Either way, what he played in 36 games. Yeah. Um, obviously a huge disappointment in fantasy, but you'd have to think the calf will be fully healed by next spring or is probably already healed here in mid-October and that he'll have a fairly normal off-season program. And he did what Mike Trout does in those 36 games, batted 333 with a 1090 OPS. That would have been his highest career OPS. Um sure. Again, the sample size is small, but, you know, the – we talk about how the speed has diminished, and he stole only one stole. He only stole. He stole only one base uh, during the condensed 2020 season. But um, you know, there there have been peaks and valleys in that category for Trout throughout his career. Like what he had 49 as a rookie, 33 the next year, 16, 11, then up to 30, then 22. It's like if he decides yeah. to run, um, he can he can still run. He's still one of the fastest. Well, he's he's up there at least, like 90th percentile, and only 30 years old. I, I could see yeah. him getting you double-digit steals and a, a ton of power. And you know, the Angels, if Anthony Rendon can stay healthy, and if we'll see what they do this winter. But Jared Walsh had a nice breakout year. Um, and Otani, obviously, if he can stay healthy, he's a masher. Joe Adele came on it towards the end of the season. Um, David Fletcher had a terrible season. But he, you know, could bounce back. Brandon Marsh showed some flashes at times. That could be a good lineup. I don't know what they're going to do about their pitching staff, but you know that's not really relevant to the the case for Trout. I, I think he's a a great solid pick at, at number six. I'm not worried about the calf at all.
2: Yeah, it has appeared hasn't appeared in more more than 140 games since 2016. Now some of those are freak injuries too. But like that was kind of surprising to me to see that before I, before we came on the show here.
4: Um, well, the Angels haven't yeah. really been playing for anything in the second half, so maybe they, they let off the gas. But, no, you're right. It, it has been some some minor freak injuries when, you know, he plays a hard game, a hard nine. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I just – I hope it's not like – you know how Josh Donaldson started getting the calf thing, and now it's like it pops up like every year at some point. Hopefully that's not the case with Trout, but it's something in the back of my mind. So our first pitcher off the board uh, was Dave – Shovin, uh, and he took uh, Garrett Cole number seven overall. Are we cool with Cole being the first pitcher off the board?
3: I think that's the only real option right now. We don't yeah. have to Degrom to you know put him up there. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that Cole's number one. Yeah, huh? A safe one. Um,
4: the, yeah, the, the sticky stuff thing uh, is in the back of your head, and how poorly he pitched in the AL Wild Card game, but. I don't know, like right around the sticky stuff crackdown, he had some problems, uh, but then it seems like he may he maybe figured it out or I don't know. You, you guys noticed so, that? Uh, yeah, whiff rates are back up in the postseason. Um, yeah, because once you're if you're a pitcher, you see they only check your hat and the inside of your belt. <laughs> like you can have it in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: a lot of theater going on, I think. Yeah, and um,
4: I, I don't know. I, I I think that pitchers are still going to try to get away with it. Um, sure. Maybe
3: figure out something legal next year.
4: Yeah, that, like... that would be the smart thing to do. But we know how Major League Baseball operates.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Acuna goes number eight overall uh, to George Bissell. I was interested to see where he'd go, also because I days, thought about
4: you know. him. I thought about him at six, um, but what he he suffered that injury in late July, mid early July, right? Or was it late June? Somewhere around
2: it, like, was, early July, it's late June, early July, yeah. sounds yeah. right.
4: And they said nine to ten months, so that means mm-hmm. he's probably not going to be ready for, you know, the first month of the 2022 season, right? If my I don't actor, know. I got, it's probably
2: maybe too soon to tell, I don't know.
4: Yeah, it's probably too soon to speculate. And he's a young guy who could heal quickly from it, uh, yeah. but... I, I didn't feel comfortable enough. He should definitely be a first rounder with the upside. That's you know number one overall upside if he's ready for the, the start of, or ready for the start of the season. Yeah.
3: I don't think there's a chance. And plus, you know, hopefully they'll have the DH next year in the NL. That would True. help.
4: Mm, yeah. That's a good point.
2: Um, so uh, Chris Crawford um, right now, he's, he's at first pitch Arizona. Um, checking out the Arizona fall league, eating some pizza. Sitting in the sunshine, I'm a little jealous. Uh, So he took
4: chirping me on Twitter. Yeah, (laughs) he's tweeting. Of course, he's he's spending his time there.
2: He's probably looking for baseball cards too. Let's be real. Uh, (laughs) So Chris took Beau Bichette, uh, which I think is a good pick. Um, His approach worries me. Kind of long term. I'm hoping we see some growth there with the with the approach. Uh, He's he's pretty aggressive. Maybe that'll catch up with them at some point, but, um, you know, counting stats-wise, lineup, I think you're going to be pretty safe there. Uh, I picked number 10, and I was really stuck between whether to take uh, Bryce Harper or who I ultimately went with was Kyle Tucker. And I went with Tucker because I don't think we've seen his peak yet. Uh, Tucker was hitting 175 on May 8th, which – is crazy to think about. But from that date forward this year, he hit 329 with 25 home runs and 1,013 OPS. That's a span of 107 games, just 65 strikeouts against 43 walks in that time. That's basically a 38 homer, 115 RBI, 18 steal, 103 run scored pace over that time. I think the big factor with Tucker, though, is where he's going to hit in the lineup. Because if you look at Dusty Baker's lineup, you know, in the postseason, Tucker's hitting sixth, seventh. Yeah. Uh, I think that's bound to change. And maybe Correa leaving the free agency, they'll kind of refigure their lineup because there's no way he should be sixth or seventh. But uh, I'm assuming that will change, which is why I took him 10th overall. I'm, I'm a huge Kyle Tucker fan.
4: Yeah, he, he had jumped into like – fifth or fourth uh at, at various points this year i'm surprised he's been sixth or seventh in, in the postseason but a lot of that was because they were they were missing alex bregman yeah
2: um, they want to do lefty righty uh, you know every team wants to you know combat that potential reliever coming in so i i kind of get it but still
4: I'm also still if, if the astros win the world series which is very possible would it surprise you if dusty baker <laughs> calls it quits I no, we, we shouldn't speculate, but that that would probably be the kind of way that he would want to go out. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think that's probably within I think the Tucker, realm. Uh, Yeah. He actually did start hitting cleanup at the beginning of the year. He cleaned up the first series of the year, drove in six runs, then never did it again for like a month, like <laughs> four times all year. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I love Dusty Baker, though. He's like my
3: favorite.
4: So. Yeah, I love him too. He's, the he's, perfect communicator. We said this when they hired him, uh, but the perfect communicator for that kind of team—that's just going to be ridiculed. Like he—he's like, I don't really care.
2: He's a cool customer, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Very, he's
4: like, I, 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 but he plays it well, like on both sides. He's like, it's something those guys will have to live with for the rest of their life. But you know, we're trying to win baseball games right now. He's just mm-hmm. like the perfect demeanor for the yeah. kind of questions that he doesn't get flustered. No, yeah. he's just cool. He, he, so, he like smoked a joint with Jimi Hendrix. Like he's
2: I know he's an interesting guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Micah uh, when Micah Henry he picked next number eleven. He took Bryce Harper. So soon as I soon as I take Tucker Harper goes off the board. And yeah, I mean I think there was a case to take Harper before Tucker. That's totally fine if you disagree because uh, their numbers kind of similar really. Like the the upsides there. You know they're not going to steal twenty plus bases. I think Tucker maybe could. But yeah, he could. Um, but Harper probably won't, um, but Harper's going to get on base probably more. So like, yeah, you know, I I could see it either way. So Matthew, then it was your, your pick number 12. Uh, you went with Raphael Devers, which yeah, I, I, especially with the state of third base. I I think that was a good pick.
3: I think it was the safest choice. I wanted Tucker. I was hoping Tucker would drop to me, but that didn't happen. My other thought was the guy I think I might have in the top ten worst of jury projections is Luis Robert,
4: hmm.
3: and but Devers is safe. I picked Devers.
4: If if it I, I was draft, yeah, if I was drafting in your spot, Matthew, I totally would have been like, oh, Luis, do I do the the Robert thing? Yeah. He's more yeah. top fifteen than top twelve for me. Like, and I, where did he wind up for us? Like sixteenth? I guess. Yeah, I, I like guess so. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen, seventeenth. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, how he swung the bat after coming back, and also just the plate discipline as well. That was like a huge plus, and I'm very optimistic about what he can do next year. Yep. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if he's like right in that top next year, next or not two years from now, 2023 drafts. He could be like a number one pick yep. kind of guy. Yeah, I agree. He could be in that area.
3: 2025 series last year, I think I felt fielder for. 2025 five years right. away yeah we gotta look back at that
4: i forgot we did that man we yeah. we did so much stuff uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, yeah. we were trying to kill some time
3: yeah no that's it yeah I, I need to look back at that yeah um
4: but i love what devers
3: is doing right now like yeah. you see him at the plate now every time he swings and misses it's just like it's he's got a forearm injury apparently or something and mm-hmm. it seems to be killing him once he every time he swings and misses he's still taking these huge cuts and hitting bombs anyway and just yeah. gotta love it
4: he is a great pure hitter who you know could only get better and better.
2: I agree. So you went right back. You went safe with Devers, but then you you went risk with with Degrom um, right after that. I couldn't uh, go to pick yeah. thirty
3: six without having a pitcher. So yeah, no, well, I get better, it. Who you take? It's either Degrom or Bueller. I thought, and might as well shoot for the moon, right? Yeah.
4: What's your take on Degrom, DJ?
2: I don't feel great about it at all. Yeah. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, stretches out in spring training, tries to go all out in a game, and like we just hear that the he, t- you know, tears the t- tears the UCL. Like I think there's like a fifty-fifty chance that will occur. So I don't know.
3: <laughs> I, I
2: just don't know. I think the Mets need to guard against the possibility that that's going to happen. So you got to bring back Syndergaard. You got to mm-hmm. bring back Stroman. You probably need to sign an, a depth starter or two. I know this isn't like, I'm not talking fantasy here, but yeah, I think if you're a Mets fan, you can't really be fully confident. If you're on a fantasy in a fantasy league, you can't feel confident either until he you know pitches all out. And that's the other question I hear from people is like, does he really need to throw a hundred every pitch? <laughs> you know, like, can he be 96 and you know, will that help? Like, I, I don't know. It's a legitimate question I, to ask, I guess. And basically he's been going on like for a good portion of the season. Like he would throw his fastball, like the first like two innings, like he just would throw the fastball, you know, and he has a great curveball. Like he could change his pitch mix and maybe that'll be better for him. I I don't really know, but there's so many questions and I, yeah, I don't want (laughs) to, yeah, I don't want to freak myself out right now. So, Uh, (laughs) but uh, I, yeah, I mean, DeGrom's a great pick. Um, Mookie Betts, Micah got on the way back, uh, which I guess would be pick number fourteen. You know, uh, if healthy, fine. I know this hasn't been a great year for him, but we know he's been playing through injury. Um, is he going to have surgery after the season?
4: You think? Yeah, that's kind of been the speculation. Um, yeah, I would say probably. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I, I don't I don't want to speculate. Yeah. But it seems that like point, one
2: of those things that usually ends up being a surgery, right?
4: But, and season. that was the talk um, after he went back on the IL that like this yeah. is going to have to be taken care of, and should they do it an end of season now, or um, yeah. obviously the Dodgers were still playing for a lot and, and still are. Right, he he had a leadoff single in, in game five just a, a minute ago, and yeah. then Logan Webb got out of it on nine pitches. Man, in, I I yeah, I love Logan
3: Webb.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh, but I took a different pitcher <laughs> in the second round. I took Corbin Burns. I had to take Corbin Burns. Uh, two, three, four ERA dating back to the start of last season. That's a span of 226 and two thirds innings. Led qualified pitchers in ERA this season. Strikeout percentage was tied for third in the majors for lowest walk percentage. Had the highest whiff rate in the majors. Highest chase rate as well. That backdoor cutter that he throws is maybe the nastiest pitch in baseball, at least from a starting pitcher. He's just, he's a real deal and he's proved it to me. So I feel pretty confident that he's going to be, or that he should be um, certainly inside the top five starters on draft day, but maybe number two.
4: Yeah. You got to be a believer at at this point. He didn't go very super high in drafts last spring, even though he was terrific during the condensed two thousand twenty season where was he uh yeah about the 18th starter off the board on yahoo Mm -hmm. that's i mean that's kind of surprising but we didn't know what to make of of 2020 numbers in general now we have much larger sample sizes to work with so maybe we'll be better at this
2: yeah yeah i think he's earned it and brandon woodruff he went in the third round which you can understand that too um yeah that Man, that Brewers rotation is something Shane else.
4: Shane Bieber is an interesting one to talk about, but I feel like mm-hmm. we should save that for a future show.
2: Yeah, no, it, we'll definitely get into that in a future show. These these other rounds because we we have some time to fill. So <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, we'll get to it. So Chris Crawford uh, took Shohei Otani, the hitter, uh, with his second round pick, and it's you know it's hard to really debate that. I actually was considering him over Kyle Tucker. Yeah, I mean he's just a, he's just a beast, and he and he, he led the league in triples. He he steals bases. I, the only question is batting average, and that's why I went with Tucker ultimately, just because I know Otani's going to strike out a lot. You know, whatever you get there as far as batting average is probably gravy. So that's where that's why he ended up in the second round as a hitter.
3: Yeah, we just... talk about him as a hitter slash pitcher. I think definitely round one, like middle yeah. round one. As a yeah. hitter, I think that's about where he should have gone.
2: Yeah, I actually think that George in the first round originally meant to take Otani. And I had to remind him that he was a hitter and a pitcher separate. So, yeah, that kind of shows you where he might go if he was, you know, both a pitcher and a hitter. So um, and we already mentioned uh, Luis Robert went in the second round. That was with George Bissell. Um, So he went Ocuna and Robert. It's pretty sweet to start your draft. Uh, yeah from power and speed that's that's pretty nice he's gonna
4: be the guy at the end that's like hey we want to we'll play this one out <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> he might be and Dave he had a really interesting approach and maybe we can get him on the show to talk about it he's going pitcher heavy in this draft Um, so he went Cole with his first round pick second round goes Walker Bueller and and you were saying Matthew Uh, you know once you get past Cole you were saying it was DeGrom or, or Bueller for you you think Bueller's that high at this
1: point.
3: Yeah, I think he's pretty much the safest. He's not going to probably, you know, threaten to strike out, lead in, but as yeah. far as safe.
1: Yeah, you
2: know, I mean,
4: numbers everywhere.
2: If you at remember points. last year, the Dodgers really didn't push Bueller at all, but this yeah. year they just let him go. Yeah, the
4: reins are off for sure.
2: Yeah, he's pitched super deep in the games, and yeah, the win potential, especially if you're pitching that deep in the games, is is through the roof on a. Talented Dodgers team. I expect the lineup to be really good next year, too. Um, and then, Drew, you went Max Scherzer. So, Trout and Scherzer, your early 2010s uh, fantasy team here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Scherzer's a beast. And he's showing. Oh, I had some doubts about him coming into this year, I'll be honest. But I, up until maybe his last couple of starts, I thought he was the front runner for the NL Cy Young Award.
4: Yeah, man, I've had doubts about him since, like,
3: 2009. Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, still an absolute monster at age 37 with no indication that he will stop being an absolute monster at any point in the immediate future. Um, 1.98 ERA, 89 strikeouts, only 8 walks and 68 innings after he joined the Dodgers at the deadline carrying that over into the playoffs to free agent this winter, almost, cer- almost certainly going to wind up on a contending team, if not back with the Dodgers. Um, I see him getting a, a short term, but like massive average annual value type of contract. And I, I think there's only a few select clubs that he'll go to, or that will give him that kind of, I'm thinking like two years, 65 million, two years, 70 million um, yeah, with, with I mean. a, Forty million dollar option for 2024.
3: Yeah, he's going
2: to be like Clemens, like late in his career, like just taking like one year ridiculous deals. I I see that he could go year to year too.
4: And and the buyout has like a thirty million dollar or the 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 forty million dollar club option has a thirty million dollar buyout, so it's like a hundred million dollar (laughs) contract. I can see it. Yeah, it it could happen. And I think the Cardinals should do it.
2: (laughs) Well, he has ties there, right?
4: He's from St. Louis, man. He, He called. John Mazalak, apparently when he was a free agent, he called him twice. He said, he's told this on this story on radio and like, Hey, I want to come there. But that was the year after, what was it the year after they went to the 2013 world series against the Red Sox and they had a 22 year old Carlos Martinez, Shelby Miller, uh, Michael Walker was he up at that point? Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, Trevor Rosenthal who they were talking about, maybe making a starter. Yeah. So they felt really good about their pitching, um, whatever.
2: That would be really interesting. Scherzer and Wainwright, you know, headlining the Cardinals rotation with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Molina. Like that's –
4: They need a shortstop, man, and it's a buyer's market for shortstop with maybe get Seeger, left-handed bat, um, or Trevor Story, reunite Arenado and Trevor Story. I, I
2: think that's a very strong possibility.
4: I and feel. then Schwarber for the DH spot. We're done.
2: <laughs> You've solved it. You've solved it. You're welcome, Mo. <laughs> so, Matt Williams went Jose Ramirez in the first round. He takes Starling Marte with his second round pick. Uh Marte is going to be a free agent this winter, but you know, I love Starling Marte. I feel like he's been an underrated player for for quite a while. He's yeah. been like the poor man's like Mookie Betts, Mike Trout for totally, a, you know, a few years cuz he'll hit for average we give you a little bit of power. You know, steel bait, and this year was ridiculous how much he ran, uh, especially after joining the A's. Um, but that speed gives him a really nice floor. I, I would assume he's going to end up signing with the contender. Um, gives you that five-category ability. To get him this late is actually, I think,
4: great. He's 33 years old, but it, it seems like he's not slowed down the speed at all. In fact, he's increased um, yeah, the aggressiveness on the base paths. And you're right. I think he'll be hitting very high atop a very good lineup. Whatever happens this winter, probably not the A's. I don't really yeah. see them doing that, but um, the Cardinals, perhaps. I <laughs>
2: think <laughs> you, you keep the, these are
4: brilliant ideas.
2: <laughs> every every marquee free agent, perfect. Uh, so so Ryan Boyer went Trey Turner in the first round. He got Freddie Freeman in the second round. I mean, you can't. Can't hate on that. I mean, Freeman got off to a slow start this year, actually, but he pretty much ended up at his normal awesome numbers. Uh, and I love the Braves lineup, especially when they're fully healthy. You know, they've kind of patched it together to to get where they are, which is really impressive. Uh, but he's just steady as it gets at a position that's kind of been up and down over the past couple of years. So. Yeah,
4: the way Boyer went there with Trey Turner, then Freddie Freeman, you'd feel really good about that. Like you know covering every category possible and with Freeman he's just super steady and solid I I know he had that kind of down first half but yeah turned it on in a huge way in the second half to the point where he's going to get some MVP votes perhaps
2: so Colin with his uh, again he went Juan Soto first round he gets Manny Machado in the second round Uh, any thoughts on Machado it's safe I mean
3: not the yes he hasn't you know, that's a little high. Then I'd probably got a shortstop there like Bogart or Sager, but I mean, you can't argue it. He's extremely durable. He's going to get you 30 homers, 100 RBI probably, and you'll take it. It's third base. It's not a particularly deep position. It's
2: That's true. That's yeah. true. Neither is second base Ozzy Albee's the first. Well, I guess technically Trey Turner's the, the first second baseman off the board, but uh, primary second baseman Ozzy uh goes to Seth Trackman with his second round pick, and you know, Albies. He got off to a slow start too, pretty much like every brave hitter did mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, but he bounced back in, in a huge way. Um, I'm a huge Albies fan, so I, I really like that one. But our final pick in the second round—that's where we'll cut things off here. Um, uh, George Montanez went with Cedric Mullins, and I love talking about Cedric Mullins. Uh, just the unbelievable rise that that he had this season. I, I mean, like, think about it—if you looked at this mock like in april if you got like a sneak preview of what a 2022 mock would look like and you see cedric mullins up here you'd be like what
4: right yeah. like what, what other of these would really stand out none of this uh, none of these other picks would be that shocking no i i'm yeah that's, that's a good point.
3: point two years ago burns are pretty shocking to be in that high
4: that's true yeah. yeah i'm saying like this spring yeah I'm, yeah and I think even we we're gonna go a few rounds further and there won't be that kind of guy that has no. I mean he, he was undrafted. Yeah. You know, and and to all of a sudden be worthy of a top twenty-four pick. It's incredible. And we we've talked about him all the time on this show, but it all checks out everything that he's doing. Like, is he gonna be a two ninety one hitter? I think he's probably closer to I don't know, the speed helps him get there but he's probably closer to high 270s 280s Um, but 30 30 i mean playing in that ballpark on on a team that's going to bat him lead off or you know probably still at leadoff, or very high in the lineup um, and is going to let him run and and hit for power um, at camden yards as a as a lefty bat uh, yeah Yeah, he's one of those guys
2: he might go like undervalued because of how bad the orioles are but their lineup is not bad yeah, and it's only going to get better. I, I I need to tell that to Orioles
3: fans, it's only going to get better. Yeah,
4: when's Adley Rushman going to arrive? I so we'll I see. He's
3: likely a free agent after six years.
4: Yeah, <laughs> they're going to yeah. play some games there, but um, I, I would sure. assume he'll be up at some point next year, right?
3: Yeah,
2: in, in the early so. part of next year, hopefully. Hopefully, but yeah, I think I think the future's bright for. For the Orioles in general, but I think that lineup's only going to get better, so that can help the case there with Mullins. The speed, as we always talk about, like, it gives you that floor where maybe if he's not a second round, he doesn't deliver second round value in the end, you're still getting pretty good value because of the speed, because of the volume, at you know, in the lineup there in, in Camden Yard. So, I, I like it. I like it a lot there. So, yeah, this, so that takes care of the first two rounds of this mock draft. We'll, we will talk about this mock draft more in the in the coming weeks and maybe we'll we'll grab some more folks from the actual draft to talk about their strategy because we got to start talking about it it's it's never too early to start thinking about strategy for next season and pretty soon we're going to be writing our our draft guide our magazine and we'll be in that 2022 mindset already so uh this is kind of a nice head start for us I, i guess as far as that's concerned but uh, Matthew, thanks for joining the show. It was a lot of fun to have you on finally. Um, and we actually have a promo code for you guys before we go. You can use promo code BASIS10 for 10% off any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge Plus, it can be either monthly or annual and for any tier. It also works across all sports, including football. Of course, football in full swing right now, NHL getting underway, the NBA season right around the corner. So it is a great value. Remember, promo code BASES10 and go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash premium to get started. If you like what you're hearing with this show, circling the bases, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review five stars. You could always use that help. Thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. Be safe out there, everyone. Take care. We'll see you next time.